Shauna and Jody here with Real Sisters, Real Talk. We're glad to have you joining us as we talk about growing in our faith with God. Welcome back. I'm Jody, and Shauna is here with me, and we are excited to be back this week. We are enjoying summer. We've had some great weather, and we are transitioning into fall and school kicking off in our areas. And so we thought today we would spend a little bit of time talking about, even though we don't have grade school children anymore, um, what it's like to transition and how do we strategically transition our kids back into the school year and the rhythm of that school year, whether you're sending them to public school, to a private Christian school, or you're homeschooling. There's a transition that's about to take place. And so we thought we would just kind of hit on some of the things that we learned over the years um, from doing things right sometimes and from not (laughs) doing things right sometimes because that's how we learn. So I wanted to start out with just a um, really superficial story of when our my kids were little and they were in elementary school you know it's always hot when you start school and especially now cuz i feel like we're starting a little bit earlier and earlier all the time but it would always be hot and you know the kids are used to being home and so it's just kind of you know I, people talk about how behavior can be hard those first few weeks when kids come home from school because they've had to be good all day. And that (laughs) takes a lot of work. And so when they get home, we get what's left. And so we need (laughs) to have a lot of grace. That doesn't mean we don't give up discipline, but we do need to have a lot of grace. But one of the things I noticed is that my kids were hot, they were tired, and they were typically hungry. So Mm. those first couple weeks of school, I would stand outside at the pickup line at at their school. We had to stand outside at the gate as the kids got let out. And I would have a cold Capri Sun and a string cheese for each of my kids. And as they came out, I would have the straw in the Capri Sun and everything. And I would just (laughs) hand it off to them because I knew (laughs) that if I could get a cold drink, a little bit of sugar and some protein in them, (laughs) we were going to have a nicer drive home. (laughs) Brilliant. That's just a little tip. That's good. Very practical transition into the school year. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. You know, the summer is so fun because you can stay up late. The sun stays up late, you know, and, and the schedule is so different. And so one of the things that I found to be super helpful once my kids were in traditional school, quick little disclaimer, just so you understand a little bit of my life before I dive into this. My kids were homeschooled for, I homeschooled for over seven years. And then they went to a Christian school and then they went to a charter school and then they went to public school. So I've got stories in all of those categories and they've they've been to a lot of different places, but when they were in a traditional school setting and they were headed into that schedule of school, one of the things that was really helpful for us was like two weeks before school started, we started our bedtime routine and made things how they were going to be once school started so that by the time, you know, first day of school came, they weren't like, why are you waking me up at dark 30 to get ready for school? They were already, their bodies had already kind of adjusted to that, that schedule and they were ready. They were ready to get up at that time. Yeah, we did that too. Just trying to set them, you know, and not, not as a, you know, discipline thing, but to set our kids up to succeed. We want them to succeed in these kind of transitions. And so um, we always did that too, just to get the routine back on schedule. Yeah. Make it easier but, if you So can. a question, yeah, for sure. So as you were talking about that, Shauna, just, I mean, just a question in the transitions, like my kids went to the same school 
from kindergarten all the way through graduation. And so yeah. um, at our school, they called them lifers. And so, I mean, it was different campuses, you know, middle school and high school, but it was the same school system. Um, but for you, like there were some moves, physical mm -hmm. moves into mm -hmm. different states that took place for your kids. And so there was not only the transition of maybe a different school because you're changing grades, but there was also transitions of different schools, new people. Mm -hmm. I have none of my old people, that kind of thing. So is there anything specific you did as you kind of navigated your kids into those kinds of transitions? Um, yeah, my kids, first of all, when we moved from Arizona, when we moved from Iowa to Arizona, they were so little, they just were long for the ride. Bryn was yeah. four, you know, Jason was two, but we were nine and a half years in Arizona and then moved to Michigan. And at that phase of life, Bryn was heading into her freshman year of high school. Um, Drayson was going to be in seventh grade. Eden was going into fifth grade and Haven was going into second grade. So that's the season they were in when they were moving to a new state, new school, new friends, all the things. And I do remember very specifically with Bryn that she was interested in, in being on the swim team at her new high school that she was going to be a part of. And I was absolutely certain that if I could get her on the swim team, that she would have friends before her first day of school. And I was like, that's going to happen. So I decided in my mama brain that is absolutely 100% going to happen. Um, she had swam competitively in Arizona. So I thought, you know, she can hold her own. And so I, as soon as we got here, I called to meet with a coach and he said, you know, we've been, we've been practicing all summer. And so we're, you know, we're pretty well set. And I was like, excellent. When are your practices? <laughs> and he was like, go mama. Oh, um, well, we <laughs> practice in the afternoon. You know, I was like, what time in the afternoon? So anyway, and it's, where, where do you practice at? You know, I get all the details from him and he said, yeah, he goes, you know, the girls have really been bonding all summer. We've got a really strong team. And I said, oh, that's great. Brent's going to fit in so well, you know, and I just was <laughs> determined that this is going to happen. Yeah. And then finally he said, you know what, in order for her to come out and even swim for me, she would have to have a physical, I would have to have a note from the doctor that, you know, would have to have this paper signed by the school system. Da, da, da. And I said, excellent. You said practices at four. We'll be there at four with all that paperwork. And I just hopped on the horn and started making calls and I needed to get a, a physical that day. It, get into the doctor's office, get a physical, get to the school, get the paperwork. I got everything ready. We got there. Um, she did not because we were moving from state to state, uh, she didn't have a competitive suit in her little backpack that she had on her possession. Everything else was in a moving truck. We didn't have access to it. So, uh, you know, another, we got there and, and I mentioned that that hiccup and the coach was like, oh, you're here. Anyway, <laughs> How did she, that? <laughs> yeah, she's, she really is going for it. But um, <laughs> one of the other girls on the team was like, no problem. I've got a suit you can borrow. And she lent her her oh. suit and and swam and, and sure enough, she made it on the, um, made it on the team. And, and, and that was really, really a big part of her stepping into her first day of high school, already knowing people and already having friends. It just so happened that the, the student body president had kind of taken a liking to her. So Bryn's coming in as a freshman and this senior girl went so out of her way to make sure that Bryn felt loved and accepted and knew her way around. And it turned out to be just a huge blessing. So that was a little bit of a mama bear, you know, approach to making sure that my kids were good, but that's right. how, that's so one two of the ways thoughts in that. 
one I think, you know, and then you got to spend the next couple of months assuring the coach that that's not who you were. Like I, I am, I, I will not overbear everything you do. So sorry. I was good after that. So I was good after that. You know what I mean? I back. brought cookies when yeah. I needed to bring cookies and stuff like that, but that's pretty yeah. chill. Yeah. I will be that mama. I will support you. Um, but the other thing just to take notice in that story is the role of that senior girl. Mm-hmm. And I think so often we can want that. So Lauren, um, my daughter was on the gymnastics team at her school. And when she came in as a freshman, a senior girl, maybe a junior girl, took her under her wing and loved on her and encouraged her and taught her and helped her grow. And it was such a beautiful relationship. And then I watched Lauren do that mm-hmm. as she took a freshman under yep. her wing and brought her up through that. And so I just think even as parents, we need to, that's a great gift, but we also need to talk to our kids as they get the old, to be the older ones on the campus is how can you be a blessing to the younger students Mm -hmm. on your campus? How can you encourage them? How can you um, bless them? How can you watch out for them a little bit? It's a great, just a great opportunity to coach our kids, teach them to be aware as well, to give back. Because what a blessing that was for Bryn. You know, when you were talking about blessing them, blessing the kids, it, it reminded me of when I got my job at the radio station and we as a family discussed all the changes that this was going to mean for us. And my youngest daughter was still in high school. And one of the changes meant that I would not be there in the morning when she was getting ready to go to school. And I was processing that with a friend. And I said, I just am really struggling with not being there to bless her every morning. And she, she said, wait, what do you mean? bless her every morning. She's like, do you have like a, a ritual thing that you say over her or whatever? (laughs) I said, no. And there's nothing wrong with that. You know, if you do have a ritual thing that you say over your kids or I said, no, I just, um, I was so intentional in the morning when the kids were getting ready for school to, to take the opportunity to make that a pleasant time to remind them of who they are that they get to head into their school day, you know, so completely loved that God is going to be with them through the day. Um, Coach them up a little bit, like you said, but just kind of remind them of what's true before any other voices had an opportunity to, to speak to who they were that day. Yeah. And you know what, Shauna, that brings up such a good point that we, as, as parents, dads and moms, we set the tone for our kids in the morning. And so we could be frantic, you know, if we're running late, if we are somebody who always does that, and we maybe didn't, um, in a previous episode, I talked about being kind to your future self. Like if we're kind to our future self, we're going to kind of set ourselves up for the morning. We're going to make sure we set our alarm on time, things like that. Um, Things can be set out for breakfast. We can already decide what people are wearing, that kind of thing. But if we're frantic, we send our kids into a frantic day and that is not good for anybody. Mm -hmm. And so I always tried to, it'd be interesting to ask my kids this, but I'd always (laughs) tried to, right, be very intentional about how we entered our day, that we had time for transitions, that I could stay calm and bless them. We had a drive to school every day. And so on our drive, so we would set the tone at home in the morning. And often in our case, daddy got to be home in the mornings with them. And so he would often make them breakfast and things like Mm -hmm. that. And so that was a real treat. We had our own business at the time. And so that was a blessing that we got from that. But, um, so they got to spend time with him and then I would drive them to school and on our drive, we would pray for them. We would, I would reach my hand back and we would hold hands and we would pray for them in their school day. We would pray for their teachers. Um, so 
whatever teachers my ha- kids had for that year, we prayed for them Monday through Friday on our drive there that they would have a good day. But we also prayed that our kids that that our kids would be a blessing mm-hmm. in their school day, that they would be a blessing to those. And I honestly, Johnny and I still pray that over our family every night when we fall asleep, that as Ty goes to work, as Lauren goes to work, as Kellen, now she's home with um, baby Faye, but you know, as Kellen is with Faye, that they would be a blessing as Austin, um, Lauren's boyfriend, that he would be a blessing at his workplace. And um, because that's also as much as we want protection and safety for our kids, we also want to pray that they will be a light out in the world. And that's their place to do it is at school. So yeah, we, tra- we always, we always had prayer on our way. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would tell the teachers every once in a while, we pray for you every day, just so you know, um, because that's a way I could bless the teachers as well. Yeah. And that, yeah. that transfers because, you know, we had that practice as well of, of praying together. And mm-hmm. I remember when Haven was in middle school, you know, her wanting to be dropped off early on a particular day because one of her teachers was kind of struggling and going through something. And she's like, I'd like to get there early so that I have the opportunity to pray with her before her day, her day starts. And this was, oh my goodness. this was not at, this was at the public school. This was not at the Christian school at that time. Um, but yeah, so our kids, what they see modeled for them and what they experience, they hand on. And that's why we want to bless them in the morning and send them off, not feeling, you know, frazzled and behind as much as we can. And that's not about perfection. Nobody's, nobody's doing motherhood perfectly. I know some people look like they are. I remember when I remember at one school that my kids were at, I felt like, and everybody else, like had like a really nice car and like mom was all put together when she was dropping the kids off. And I felt like, you know, I was the mom in the top knot with the glasses and no makeup yet. And my car was like, you know, (laughs) so, but I I know sometimes it feels like, and it looks like everybody else around you is just killing it, but it's not about perfection, but it is about how can Mm -hmm. we make this transition, you know, as easy as possible for them? How can we set them up for the best? And I think part of that is really knowing your kids individually. You know, I've got yes kids that are so people oriented and, you know, such a, an Enneagram seven, if you will, but they, you know, they're just like, they don't like to do anything alone. They just want to do it with people. I know that, you know, my son, when he ran cross country, all the miles that he had to put on by himself all summer long, like my oldest daughter, Bren, she had no problem putting in all her miles, but he was like, yeah. there's no one to run with. And when I run with Bryn, she doesn't talk to me. So, <laughs> Can somebody like, come along? Yeah, she's like, I'm not running to talk. I'm running to get my miles yeah. in to do, you know, I'm focused. I've got a job to do. So anyway, knowing their personalities yeah. is a part of sending them off well. And we had one of our kids who really, really um, dealt with a lot of anxiety when it came to going back to school. And I'm not even talking about just after summer break. I'm talking if they gave us a long weekend, if it was, you know, we had Christmas break and we had a couple weeks off or Easter and we had a week off for spring break or whatever. Every single time it was time to go back, it, you know, we knew there was going to be tummy aches and there was going to be, you know, obstacles and hurdles to walk through. And so just a whole lot of of prayer for who your kids are individually and even asking for insights from the father. Like, how can I really help Bryn? How can I really help Dre? How can I really help Eden? How can I really help Haven? Because they're all so unique and different. And though we're all going back into school, everybody's going to experience that just a little bit differently. 
Right. And we need to see our kids individually so we can meet them where they are individually. And that takes more work. It is much easier to lump everybody together and push through, but we have to see them individually. I always, my kids have heard me say this, so it's not going to be any shock. But um, when I say this um, on the podcast, but so for one of them, I was constantly, get your books. It is time to study. You need to do some homework. Let's memorize that that verse. Let's um, work on math, whatever it is. And with the other one, I'm like, put your books away. It is done. No more studying. You're going to do something fun now. And so you just see, because it was a high, you know, high stress, it was always worry yeah. about, you know, did I get everything done? You know, I had to know what each one needed. Yeah. Um, one needed encouragement and, you know, the other one was just, you know, real free spirit. And so, and that's okay. Mm-hmm. So you talked about this, um, you would build into anxiety as you kind of came close then to going back to school. So practically, mm-hmm. practically for those listening that are saying, oh my goodness, my, my son or my daughter does that. What practical steps did you take to try to meet that individual child where they were and encourage them in how to move forward? I think one of the things that was really helpful was to, to, remove any surprises as best as I could. So if we had the opportunity yeah. to to make the drive to school, to be on campus, to check out the classroom, to, you know, know who the teacher is going to be, maybe look up a picture of the teacher, um, who are the fellow students going to be? Um, let's talk about what you want to do for lunch. What would you like to have in your lunchbox? Just like, it, this is really small things, but any way that I could remove elements of surprise that helped to relieve some level of anxiety. So much so that um, when we first moved to Michigan, the kids rode the bus to school and the bus driver, our bus driver is just an incredible rock star, but we were supposed to move into our house on August 29 and we didn't move in until October 9. So we were homeless. (laughs) We had a place to stay, (laughs) but but we did not have an address and we, we were just very, you know, I don't know, not settled when the kids first started right. school, but I wanted, I knew how important routine was for my kids. So we were living at that time, staying in a little cottage that was like 25 minutes away from the home that we were going to buy. So I would get my kids up, get them all ready for school. The older kids would leave and, and my oldest daughter would drive the two of them to school. And then I would take the two littles and drive them past the school where they would be going to school for the day to the end of my driveway where the bus would pick them of up. Of your new house. <laughs> of my new house that I'm not yet in, right? And my, you know, yes. <laughs> yeah. And, and put them on the bus so that their routine would not be disrupted. But anyway, I, I remember you, you doing that. I don't have to go to those extremes, but you know, I knew that for, for this one that was going to wrestle with anxiety, that whatever I could do to kind of make things be um, predictable and routine and yeah, just remove the element of surprise that that would be helpful for her. And also a lot of her anxiety, um, is like a, a physical type of anxiety. So she'll like feel anxiety physically in her back, like have back pain or have a stomach ache or have, you know, things like that. So there's a lot of physical touch that was helpful in that season. A lot of, you know, a hand on your shoulder or rubbing your back or just a gentle scratching of the back, like just ways in which I could meet her where she's at. I love that. I I just think too, as you were sharing that, it made me think like, even as the um, kids transition out of their school day is to allow opportunity to make sure that I'm present 
to process out their day with them. And so um, there's a, there's a probably a fine line between, you know, quizzing them and being available. Mm -hmm. And so it doesn't mean that I have to know everything about their day, but there were times when, um, you know, here again, my kids were so different. One, you would say, how was your day? And it was good. And the other one was, well, when I got to school and I walked through the gate and you're like, oh, okay, <laughs> we're going to do this. I'm going to get a snack. Yeah. <laughs> right. So, um, but, but also just providing opportunity throughout the day. Cause sometimes it would be, I, I remember almost grieving a little bit when, as much as I celebrated when my kids start driving, my oldest, my son started driving cause he could drive both of them to school. I also grieved it because that meant I lost those moments mm -hmm. of the drive home mm -hmm. and those for my kids were the biggest processing moments. Yeah. Um, but also bedtime was a time when they would just begin to kind of close down their day. And so they would process. And so I would try to create space mm -hmm. every night where I could be present or Johnny could be present with them so that they could process out their day a little bit. Um, so just to be aware of whatever that rhythm is, but to allow space for them to process out their day. And then that yeah. transitions me to another thought. Sending your kids to, you know, off to school when they're coming home to you in the afternoon is one transition. And then sending your kids off to college mm. is this whole other transition when you're moving your kids out. And I mean, there's a couple things I can talk about, like one of the things we can get back to, but just like speaking over them, who they are in Christ mm. and making sure that they know who they are and um, are living that out. And this, this doesn't start, you know, when they turn 18, this starts when they, they come out of the womb and you are already speaking that over them all the way through. But one little tidbit I want to give that I just thought was such great advice. And it actually was given to our sister Kelly when she brought her son to school um, to, off to college. But one of the administrators said in a big public kind of setting, when your student calls you and they are, you know, potentially crying or, you know, definitely upset and they tell you about how horrible things are and how awful it is and they're so distraught and, um, you know, they unload all that on you and you can't get to them and you're feeling just lost, you know, support them, love them, pray for them, encourage them and all that. But just know that when they hang up the phone, they have now unloaded their burden and they're probably going to go off and meet their friends for coffee or a soccer <laughs> yeah. game or whatever it is that they want to do. And now you for the next days are, my baby mm -hmm. is so sad. And you carry yeah. it and you wear it. And then you call them maybe the next day and you're like, how are you doing? They're like, great. Yeah. So we have to understand that like we are an offload place for our kids, mm -hmm. but we also have to make sure that we get context. I want to be that. Yeah. I want to be the place where they can drop that and then be able to go away lighter. That's a beautiful thing. But also be as a parent, be aware of that's probably what's happening. Yeah, <laughs> so. that's a good word. When Bryn went off to yeah. college, she's my oldest. And when she went off to college, um, yeah, if, if that's the season of life that you're in right now and you're driving them or flying them, you know, far away, um, we had a three hour drive and that felt like an eternity at that time. And every mile as we were driving, I thought, this is so far, this is so far, this is so yeah. far. And, um, I do remember we were in the suburban and Bryn was sitting, I was in the passenger seat. My husband was driving, Bryn was sitting behind dad. And then in the, the back behind her was all of her life's possessions in the back of the summer to take to college, right? Yeah. And I remembered at one point turning around and looking at her with all of her little things, you know, behind her. And I thought, 
she looks six years old. This is, this is ridiculous. Like I am not going to bring right? my girl and drop her off. Yeah. And I started freaking out a little bit. And so I started to get teary and I, I didn't want her to see that I was wrestling with that. So I turned around and I had brought my Bible and my um, devotional with me in my journal. So I opened up Jesus Calling. It happened to be August 23rd. And I was like, Lord, I, I need you to speak to my heart. Like I, I just need some truth. Help me out here. This is what I read. The very first sentence of August 23rd for the Jesus Calling devotional says this. And this is written as though Jesus is speaking directly to you. Entrust your loved ones to me. Release them into my protective care. They are much safer with me than in your clinging hands. And that was just the beginning. And it was God just settling my heart and saying, I have got your girl, Shauna. It's going to be okay. Yeah. And, uh, you know, went on to talk about God's presence being with her as she adjusted to her new environment, just as God's presence would be with me as I adjusted to her not being in my home. And, in, and you know, and then it finished with um, watch to see what I will do. And it was just, it was a precious oh. gift from the Lord. But if you're, if you're going through that, if you're bringing your kids away to college, I want to encourage you with that, but also tell you, get some people around you to be praying for you during this transition, yep. you know, for your Absolutely. student, for your kid as well. But, but it's, it's a difficult season. And I just, I don't want to lie to you about that. It can be, it can be challenging. So make sure there's people around you that are praying for you and that you can talk to about what you're going through during that season. Yeah. I was just going to say, you know, I, one of the things I think I just want to close with is we need to make sure that our kids know who God is and who they are in Christ. And if we are, if we are giving them scriptures to memorize, like that's one of the things we did in the car as well, driving to school when they were little is memorize scripture, but be, be intentional about what you are giving your kids to memorize, what you're memorizing with them, because we want them to know who God is and who they are in Christ. There was a, a quote that I read that I just thought was so interesting. It says um, that experts in forgery say the easiest way to spot a fake bill is to become so thoroughly familiar with the real one. Mm -hmm. And so if our kids know who God is, then the influences of school, college, whatever, will not, they will see, they will see truth. Mm -hmm. And so just to give them scripture, um, memorize it with them, do that as a family. That's probably my, my final charge. Yeah, in this transition that's time. That's so good. <laughs> so mamas and, and dads out there as you're getting ready to send your kids off to school, or maybe you're a college student yourself and are getting ready to head off to college. Um, I think it's really important, to, helpful to know to the long view. We're focusing a lot on the moment right now and like the specific, you know, days when they're heading off. Um, man, six weeks into school, they're going to be so good. You know what I mean? They're going to be so rock solid and so settled. And so right. take the long view and know that, you know, God is doing good and beautiful things through your whole family, even as you walk through this transition together. And for sure, you know, as you step into this new season together, as you lead your family well, and you remind them who they are in Jesus, it's important for you to know, and for me to know, and for us to be reminded that we serve a real God. And he really loves you. <laughs>